Today's sponsor is Datadog. If your business is being driven by software, you know today's applications are more complex than ever. They're sitting on multiple layers of infrastructure and distributed services, and it can be very complicated to manage. Datadog brings visibility into every part of your infrastructure, as well as APM monitoring for your application's performance. Customizable dashboards, collaboration tools, and alerts let you develop your own workflow for observability and incident response. Datadog integrates seamlessly with all of your apps and systems, from Amazon Web Services to Kubernetes to MySQL, so you can get visibility in minutes. You want to get started now? Go to datadog.com slash cloudcast to get started with Datadog and get a free t-shirt. This week's show is brought to you by Media Temple. Whether you're looking to migrate a business-critical site or application to the cloud, Media Temple is your trusted team. Their experts can help you move to the cloud, maximize application performance, and find peace with your infrastructure once you're there. Visit mediatemple.net to learn more about all of their managed cloud services and to unlock the full potential of your virtual private cloud or the public cloud. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is The Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome back to the Cloudcast, coming to you live from the massive studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, you know, just a couple of quick uh, housekeeping things. Uh, just me tonight. Aaron is uh, tied up with some some work things and some family things. A um, couple of quick housekeeping things tonight. Uh, first off, um, congratulations to uh, the folks from IO Pipe. Uh, they were on, um, Adam Johns was on just a couple of weeks ago, and they, they got a big round of funding, uh, a couple of million dollars in funding. So um, the serverless market is alive and well. And uh, I think by our count, as best we can tell, it takes us just a little bit over $8 billion in uh, funding that our guests have gotten, either funding or acquisition costs. So that's always kind of a fun milestone for us to keep track of. So congratulations to uh, all the companies out there still getting funding. Um, and one other small little uh, side note, and this has nothing to do with the Cloudcast, but just kind of a plug. Um, I started a second podcast. Uh, myself and Tyler Britton uh, started a podcast that's very focused on Kubernetes and containers. Um, not that we won't cover that in this space a little bit, but we're going to dive real deep and probably a little deeper than we typically do on this show. So uh, the show is called Pod CTL, uh, P-O-D-C-T-L or Pod Cuddle or Pod Control, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, but if you're interested in, in that sort of stuff, uh, feel free to jump over there. I uh, would love a follow or a rating or some feedback. So anyways, um, with that, uh, tonight's going to be an interesting show. This show may run a little bit long because we may get into some stuff, but the the good folks from the good whisper uh, from the good whispers the geek whispers who a lot of you know I know a lot of you listen to uh, so John Troyer and Amy Lewis and Matthew Broberg Brender uh, so longtime friends of the show folks welcome on and I I kind of brought all you on today because because you guys have some news which uh, people will take in different ways but I think it's a good thing and and uh, so happy to have you on this side of the microphone I've been on your podcast before but but Amy and John and Matthew welcome to the show thank you yeah thanks Brian. So um, why don't one of you uh, tell us what's going on with the Geek Whispers? Well, we uh, sort of had a moment where every book has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And the three of us, like we always do, sat down and talked about it. And we said, you know what? We feel like we're coming to a good place to uh, to end, end this. And conveniently, at the 140th episode, which will be the one we record at VMworld upcoming. Excellent. So just yeah. like Twitter, yeah, it's it's been you know a really interesting journey, right? We when we first started, uh, at as one did at the time, uh, you know, the, where there were and when we wore onions on our belts or whatever, you know, there was this <laughs> company called VMware, Cisco, and EMC, and they they had a 
a, a, a child, a, a little spinoff called, called VCE. And we happened to come from those companies purely by coincidence. And we were all at these big companies and we were trying to figure out our jobs and how you do this relationship-based marketing and how tech communities work and, you know, how we could add a human element to all this corporate stuff. And, it, you know, we are all very several jobs away from that one point. And so it's been a really interesting journey. But, you know, it's a looking back on it, we were we were both in the same place and in a, in a very different place than we are now. Uh, and, and wait, now we're all really, really busy with new gigs as well. Yeah. No, I, I think it's interesting because um, you guys, when you got started, it was there was kind of a, a social media and communities angle to it. There's an interesting thread that sort of weaves through a lot of a lot of our our lives in that uh, Greg Nearman, who runs Speaking in Tech, sort of way back in the day, taught Aaron and I how to first do podcasting. He was doing a different show, but kind of taught us the ropes. Um, Amy, you're now doing some things with, or you have been doing for, for quite a while, co-hosting on Speaking in Tech. I know Aaron and I used to listen to John's VMware community podcast, like every, I think it was every Wednesday afternoon. So, um, you know, we, we always learned about, you know, how to be consistent. And, uh, John taught us not to take, you know, spend hours and hours taking ums and ahs out of the show. And, and Matt, you know, we've, <laughs> we've picked your brain about a whole lot of different things. We've worked at companies together. And so, um, you know, I, I thought it would be good since a lot of the things that we do together are kind of interrelated, um, to kind of talk about it and maybe this, think about this as sort of like an exit interview, uh, more so than, than the parents <laughs> than you know, than mom and dad are getting hobbies that don't uh, converge anymore. Um, so let's, let's start with that. I mean, um, a lot's changed since you guys got started in 2012. So just a little after we got started with the, with the cloudcast, um, I mean, a million things have changed in, in technology. It's, it kind of went from hardware to software and on-prem to cloud and open source weaved in there. And, um, I mean, I guess if, if you were looking back or you're, you're thinking about where you are now, like what's, what of these big mega trends that we talk about all the time, like which ones do you sort of still look at and say, I, I think I got a really good handle on them and, and others you're like, boy, I just, it's either too new or it's too chaotic. I just don't have a handle on it yet from, from even from, you know, five years of talking to people about it. Well, I will say like a, a lot of our circle, if you get beyond our immediate circle, um, it gets further and further away from hardware and closer to software. Like John said, coming from the VMware, EMC, Cisco communities, we had a bit of an aggregation point around influencers in this predominantly hardware-based part of the market. Uh, I personally feel like we still there's still a lot of lots to be said about how unique our space is, like the space that we're coming from, and the type of jobs and type of work people do when they're coming from a pure startup SaaS uh, community, and whether that is uh, totally portable to the world that we're a part of. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at all that change, right? Uh, Matt's very much in 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 the open source world more than uh, you know he was back in the day. I still work a lot with with people who call themselves IT and and you know I'm still looking at that transition what the heck is going on there is is ops really what IT used to be is devops a, a, a thing if you don't make software I I'm also you know working in other spaces like uh like software and IoT and other things like that so I mean the world is the world is big and it's it is changing and and um you know, I, I just I scratch my head. I'm I'm not sure. I I follow along. I try to follow the leading edge as, as you know as as neat as I can. But you know, Brian, I'm going to ask you this: Is serverless really important to most of IT yet? <laughs> I, I don't. I think the answer is is probably no. I I think you know. But what's always interesting is 
there's there's always a really small but very loud faction, uh, whether it's serverless or something else that's new, wants wants to convey to you that it is really big. And and it's one of those weird games we play in our industry. Uh, sometimes because people are trying to get VC funding or sometimes because goodness, they, they're, they're crazy enough to think that on day one, they're going to compete with, you know, a behemoth like Oracle or somebody like that. So they got to make themselves look big, right? Like it's like, it's like if you, if you, if you see a bear out in the woods, right, what do they say? Like, you know, make yourself look big. So yeah, you're right. It's, it is one of the things I think even Aaron and I think about to this day is, do we really have a grasp on a lot of these trends or are we, are we sort of floating along and sometimes we, we see a buoy and it makes sense and other times we're, we're kind of out at sea. So I, I have to jump yeah. in. So one, uh, it doesn't seem like it ever changes. It still seems to be the damn year of VDI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it's coming anytime uh, soon, Amy. Oh my gosh. And Brian, I, I feel like uh, you and I have been having this conversation in particular for a million years, but it still comes up. So what, what are the most fascinating things to me is you're absolutely right. So many things have shifted, but it is something, some of the classics are still in place, which I appreciate as an industry. It it says we both move really quickly and we have to, to chew on things for some time before we get it right. Because in the end we're people using technology, that factor never goes away. And so there may be new and shiny things, but in the end, people want to use their devices anytime, anywhere, and not necessarily leak all the company secrets all over dirty hotel Wi-Fi. Yeah, and the Geek Whispers, we really found our stride when we started interviewing people about their career trajectories and their job titles. And uh, I mean, it's five years later, and I still don't freaking know where an evangelist best fits in an org chart, and uh, we could continue arguing that for ages. Or, Or if it's even a good job, right? Yeah, you guys. I know you guys talked about that on your on your last show with Nick Howell. It's interesting because you know if I think about just sort of beginning and now for for all of you. I mean, John, you were a venture backed CEO before you did the VMware thing, so you you were in charge, and then you were kind of riding the. I mean, you created to a certain extent the, the VMware community, so it was it was pulling you, and now you're back to being a CEO. Matt, you were. You were on the other end of tech support. People were yelling at you. You were kind of trying to keep people away from, from you know, trying to tear you limb from limb, making stuff work. And now you're trying to, co- you know, you're trying to, trying to coordinate people to to want to work together. And and I don't know if anybody knows this story, but like Amy, the first time I met Amy, she literally walked in my office and said, "Hey, somebody said you could you could explain like I think it was VDI coincidentally to me. I work over in marketing or PR or something." <laughs> And I was like, "Who in the world are you? And why, why do you want me to explain this stuff to you?" But it, it, and it, but it's interesting to me, like the contrast between all those jobs and the transitions that people have gone through. I think if you if you step back and looked at it just from like A to B, you'd go, "Man, those are ridiculously large steps." How did you guys? How did you sort of manage them yourselves over the last five or six, seven years? And and then what do you think you've seen commonality wise? In the, in the people that you've talked to? Because you've literally talked to hundreds of people about how they've gone over the last five, six, 10 years of their of their careers. I, I think that some of the trends, and I'm still laughing about the uh, the that VDI story. And if we're going to tell all our listeners the truth, Brian ignored me for three weeks until he sent me a note that said, okay, you need to bring some leg warmers, some changes of the clothes. Don't call HR. 
we've got a project to work on. I made you, I made you stand just, on a ladder. That was, exactly. I've seen those videos. Yeah. I've seen those no, videos. No, you, you haven't seen the ones we didn't release. Uh, <laughs> the origin story of Comms Ninja That's as right. yeah, a not, uh, not content works. marketer. In talking to people over the years, one of the things that's been fascinating, the commonality, um, and, and John sort of hit on this. I shouldn't steal his thunder, but uh, to, to highlight his uh, care and, and feeding of this community is curiosity. So the one characteristic that we found in interviewing hundreds of people over and over again, the thing that makes people successful is being curious. You can't coach it. You can't force it. You can't pay extra money for it. Um, people are or they aren't, and they have to find it within themselves. And we found that direct correlation between job success and happiness and their curiosity. What about, like, for example, I mean, Matthew, you, you moved across the country for a new job at, at one point. Um, John, you, you went from being a CEO to, to not being a CEO. I mean, those are kind of big unknowns. In some cases, people might think they're a step forward. Others might think they're a step back. Like how, how, how did you deal with sort of that, that big, what look what seemed like career uncertainty stuff or, or, you know, have you, have you seen other people manage it in interesting kind of repeatable ways? Well, Brian, you're hitting on my, one of my favorite themes of geek whispers, which is everyone's on some strange nonlinear career path these days. Very rarely will you come across someone that's been at a place for 20 plus years. And if they have, they've already been there for 20 years. I don't know if there's anyone that's going to be following them for 20 years. So uh, in a also a funny way, I think the three of us, Amy, John and I, have all accidentally become examples of Geek Whisperer's guests by doing weird things with their jobs. And at some point, people just get an opportunity that shows up and you take a leap of faith and you give it a go, I think. You know, speaking for my own, going from, you know, a bit of a community marketing into developer advocacy and then taking a role that brought me across the country for it. It was just one of those things where it just felt right and people take the leap. Um, I think a John evolving uh, in his career and then going back to starting another company, being along those same lines where... I don't think anyone would have guessed we would have gone those directions, but it felt right at the time and that you're going forward, but it's definitely in a nonlinear pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, most of the, I mean, we tried not to talk to just like super successful people, but the, the super successful people we did talk to, all of them like could not have predicted the path they, they took to get where they are. And so, I mean, everybody has multiple careers, right? Our, our, our careers are multiple decades long. Uh, I started, I mean, I have a PhD in chemistry, right? And I'm not, I'm not, I use the computer part of it and the internet part of it that I, but, but I'm not using the rest, but I'm also using some of the critical thinking skills and the the study skills and the research skills that I, that I learned. So, I mean, we, again, we, we saw people who are curious, who are passionate, but I, I think maybe if I had to give some discreet lessons or to us or to whatever is for people in a gig, whether it's marketing or IT, you need to know you need to be connected to the business and and you need to to know how you're impacting the business and if you just sit there and optimize your your little swim lane you know that's that's doing your job but if you can look bigger or or go out and and see how you could have a bigger impact that it can potentially be uh, you know much more impactful so you know don't just i i, I don't know i i'm i'm preaching for people to not just do their job but that's not fair right do your job well Right. Maybe that's what we're talking about. Well, and I think I think what you're you're kind of saying is be be good at your job, but but probably equally be aware, if not curious, about what's what's around you. What what impacts your job? You know what 
what drives uh, the customers to come to your business and buy things? Um, what does the supply chain look like for your business? You know, who, how many pieces are involved? Are, are all those pieces still going to be relevant? You know, can you impact how that, ha- you know, all those sort of things or, you know, how might a, a government regulation impact your business and should you get knowledgeable about that? And, and will that knowledge help you, you know, somehow in the business or, or in your job also, or in your job search? Also, don't be an evangelist. <laughs> so I'm just going to come out and say it. Yeah. So, so in that context, I, I know you guys have, have gone through some, some ebbs and flows around the concept of, of how technology gets talked about. And, you know, long ago it was somebody sent out a disk drive and Steve Ballmer made a, a cheesy commercial. And then you know, there were technical marketing people and marketing people and evangelists and, and advocates. And the spreading of technology has gone through a lot of things. Obviously it's different now than even it was five or six years ago when you got started. Is there a piece of advice you'd give somebody if you, if you talk to them today, then, then if you talk to them, say five years ago, or, or do you feel like a lot of the same things in terms of being in the tech industry is, is like you said, it's, it's curiosity and, and having multiple skills, or, or do you feel like there's something really different today that, that you would start to tell people, give them advice, uh, about being successful in their career or diving into wanting to learn about a technology or, or something along those lines? Well, we came to this, and I, I don't know if I'm speaking for all of us, if I should, but but see if you disagree with me. We, uh, we figured out so a lot of the advice still holds. Be curious, be active, participate, go beyond, be good at what you're doing right now while you stretch to the next thing. But the evangelist thing is a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it came to be something we really hammered on in the last half of, of our episodes of be relevant to the business. And it's funny, I think if you go back and look at a lot of the early, early work we did around social media and marketing, in some ways that was all of us trying to figure out how we... Um, talk to our own business, how we prove value. It's a question we got a million times, right? How anybody in the social media world or influence marketing world before it was even a thing showed value to the business. And we realized in some ways when we started interviewing people and started talking about job titles and paths, we forgot to link it back to that. So if I had one piece of advice that I would underscore twice and exclamation point with my sparkle pen, be relevant to the business, find a way to love what you do, find a way to make it relevant to the business. And if they don't understand how that is, find a way to tell them the story of how it's relevant, prove your relevance. Or find someplace uh, that finds you relevant. Right. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Fair point, Matt. There's a timing issue here too, right? In that, you know, we, I think all the people listening to this are technologists, right? You, the technology has to be at the right time, right? If you're building some basic uh, container management thing uh, a couple of years ago, that's interesting. A couple of years from now, not so interesting. Right. If you were, a web if you knew about like this worldwide web thing back 20 30 years ago you could become a webmaster but you know now you, you need to specialize so uh, when social media and and corporate kind of collided this this social media evangelist kind of kind of grew but now I, you know again it's a timing now now there's some slightly more nuanced roles you need to be in marketing or sales or or the CTO's office or something like that <clears throat> well and I, and like you said it, it sort of became a little bit of a of a running joke or a meme on your show but I, I think it's it's relevant in that it it highlights kind of the pace at which things move and change right like you said John what's relevant today or what may feel cutting edge today two or three years from now, should be a, a mainline skill or it should be a, an automated process or it should be whatever. I know, you know, at least with the Cloudcast, I mean, we started off thinking that we were going to talk about, you know, this, this phenomenon of, 
of merging together, you know, compute and storage and networking. I think we originally called the show Two Guys and One Wire uh, before that whole other meme was going on. Um, wow, that's a terrible name. Yeah, I know. That's a terrible name. We, we learned about that after the fact. Um, that lasted oh. for one one show. Um <laughs> But it, but it, you know, and, and we look at back, you know, we look at what we talk about these days, and it's it, it's everything that we thought about five or six years ago is not irrelevant, but not interesting. So in that in that vein, a lot of the people that you you talk to, you know, whether it was around curiosity or changing jobs or dealing with new technology, like a part of that is having to learn something new. It feels like to a certain extent, and tell me if you agree with this or disagree. You know, does it feel like the tech industry is is moving faster than than ever? Is it is it harder to learn new things, or is it just it's just new names and uh, you know new concepts that you've got to learn? But you know, the the way people learn is is still the same. What what have you seen or heard from people about how they keep up or tips and tricks they have for you know finding that extra hour a, a day or a week to to learn the new stuff to stay ahead of things? Well, I'll try to tackle the first part of like are things going growing faster, and I don't think it's I don't think the pace has changed. I do think the expectation on what an individual knows that domain has grown exponentially. Where we used to have our nice nestled like I know CPU related things and the servers on them and maybe just the operating system, and now it's well you know go beyond that, go to the code of the application and go to the configuration management and understand the storage requirements and the the runtime. And I think everyone's struggling with at what layer of the software stack do I stop and where does somebody else pick up? And as people evolve from our community of Cisco and VMware peoples and EMC peoples, like from their single domain to a multi-domain future, I think everyone's still a little anxious about what do I have to know and what do people, like what do I rely on other people to do? And until we dial in on what that looks like, I think there's going to be this continued sense of angst. I don't know. What do you think, Whispers? Well, I can, I'll definitely vouch for the sense of angst, right? There's a lot of stuff going on in our culture and our world as well, right? That seems to move very, very quickly. And I, I don't know, Matt. I mean, I look at some fields like um, web dev and front end, right? There is a new JavaScript framework every month, I swear. And, and you're kind of expected to keep up with it. And, you know, it's React and then it's something else. And I kind of see that a little bit as as, as a hardware becomes software. And, you know, Kubernetes was, was running before it was even 1.0 and people were running it in production and it made it to its first birthday. And, you know, so I, I don't know. Things do seem to be either either maybe they're not moving faster, but we're just aware of more things because, um, you know, they're, they're on your Facebook and Twitter feed. I, I do think people are overwhelmed. And I think as technologist communicators and people who are either whether you're a, a business person or a marketing person or, or you're even just trying to explain inside a company uh, what technologies you're using, I think it's harder to break through. I, I think it's harder to get people's attention. And I think the kind of relationship oriented things that we talked about on our show and, and that you're is, is still evergreen, right? You can go back and listen. It's going to be is, is a fundamental tool to break through that kind of overwhelm because it, it's about people, right? It, it is about Human beings react to other human beings in a, in a very fundamental way. I, I actually agree. I think that it's more relevant than ever to <clears throat> stay ahead. You have to stay connected. And I don't know that I think it's actually moving any faster because I think vendor side versus customer side, vendor side, it's hard not to get excited about shiny, shiny push release. And customers still have real problems to solve. I would say I think one issue that has just popped up over and over, and I'm wonder if you guys agree, is security. I think it was the thing we didn't talk about 
a lot, maybe as an industry, because we were out solving some just basic infrastructural problems. And I'm sure there were folks very, very focused on it. But I think the layperson has become more focused on it and it's become more of an integrated part. And I think it's the kind of thing you do have to stay connected to the experts and really read up and listen up to to make sure that you're complying and even know what to to look for and solve for. Uh, there certainly is it, it certainly is in the headlines, right? And so um, I think as more things move online, right, we realize what what we've gotten ourselves into. The also because security people have to learn how to not be assholes. Can I say that word? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they're learning, right? There's just those new password, the the new NIST password guidelines were much more human than and humane than the last version. So I mean, we're getting there. So you folks are always you're, you're very positive, just personality wise. You're very upbeat as a whole. Are, are there things about the tech industry right now that that bother you a lot that you're that you're worried about, um, you know, or, or sort of have you maybe less enthusiastic? Are there are there trends that that you're kind of worried about? I'm insanely pissed off at just the fact that we have to d- discuss whether women have a place in technology right now, and that Preach. as a trending topic is infuriating. That we have like loosely coupled science as an excuse to treat others uh, as lesser than ourselves uh, in this industry. So. The fact that we're having that discussion publicly, I guess, is a benefit, but it's also it gets my heart pumping and pisses me off unbelievably that we have to still and we can't just see people that are writing code or running operations in in IT as just incredibly competent people that we work with like the uh, God, I thought we'd be past it by now, but we're definitely not. Anybody else? I know, John. I know you. You know, you and I talk quite a bit offline, and and there's lots of you know, is is something real or not real? I mean, is that is that concern you, or is that just sort of the ebb and flow of of technology? And you know, will it get adopted or not get adopted, or be too much noise? Uh, uh, I don't know. We've touched on a couple of those. I mean, I, I worry about IT in general, and uh, whether they are conscious that they're adding value to the business. Right? Is there going to be an IT? And does it going to look the same in ten years? I, I, I'm concerned with that. Um, you know, nothing ever really dies, right? I laugh when people say, oh, such and such is dead, right? Nothing, once it gets in somebody's hands, ever dies, right? Uh, it, it may not, you know, be popular, but, but it, you know, people are still running <laughs> Windows 95. So, you know, it, it, nothing will, in mainframes, right? Cobol, it, it will never, nothing will ever die. And it's fine, right? If it's if it serves a need, I, I'm you know I am worried about my my friends and colleagues and and community um, kind of upskilling and and who will who when the robots come and take all of our jobs, who's left, right? I, I actually I have no idea. So maybe it's an and it's going to be a different kind of IT, and it's it might not be so much like maybe let's go back to Matt's point. It might not be so much like a. Uh, you know, the, the bastard operator from hell. Boy, I am dating myself tonight. I, anyway, that's an old <laughs> meme for people that, that don't know about it. So let's, let's look at the flip side of that. What are you, not, not just positive about, but what are you excited about? Now, what, whether it's something that, that you're sort of somewhat involved with or, or one of your colleagues is involved with or something that you, you look at a trend and you go, well, it, it's not really ready yet, but Maybe it's going to be ready for your kids or the the next generation of you know younger generation. You know, is there something that you know you you've got sort of a sparkle in your eye for that that really inspires you right now? I have to say the democratization of access, which I know people have said is a two two edged sword, but the idea that we can break through some of the maybe traditional problems of access to information, the fact that a lot of those walls are coming down and there is greater 
access every day for opportunity, I think is an amazing thing. And I, I am an optimistic person and I have to feel like that globalization and the realizing of the connectedness between us all that even in our lifetime technology has brought us, I really genuinely hope will be something that moves us forward as people. Yeah, and I've been pretty thrilled about the the future, what the future holds for transportation. Um, I think the the Hyperloop has some really interesting byproducts if it does come to be, where we won't have to aggregate so tightly around certain cities, but maybe expand out. Um, it, it's going to change society if it if it does eventually take off. And then you know this, the autonomous drive, uh, the autonomous car industry is quite fascinating. Though I, I don't closely follow it, I do look forward to people not driving because we suck at it as a species. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> robots have always been ready to take that one over. Go ahead. Well, let me let me jump in, and I'm going to echo kind of what they said. Right, the the. The con- I'm a big believer in connectivity and have been right my whole career right and, and it does uplift everybody. I'm I'm amazed at what people can build with 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 the tools and frameworks that are available now and, and the time to value is so fast. Uh, you know the stuff that's going on with with cloud services and you know modern frameworks and open source. I don't think regular like mainstream IT. I think you know this next generation of open source and cloud are going to make things extraordinarily powerful to to average knowledge workers. And that's also going to change things. And I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, and it also is going to bring like better government. And I, I think more, more like, like more power to, to regular people to have more control over their lives. I hope one hopes, right? Yep. I, I'm looking forward to that. So I, I just now realized that uh, since we're, we're sort of friendly, I, I didn't give any of you a very proper introduction. And uh, since the show is show is sunsetting, but, but, None of you, by any means, are sunsetting. Give folks a sense of where will they still be able to, you know, hear your rich tones or have a beer with you or, you know, reach out to you for a conversation or advice. Like, what what are you all going to be doing here after VMworld uh, that'll that'll keep keep you keep you active and, and visible in, in lots of communities? Well, I will uh, continue to whisper these dulcet tones. Um, and my role as the Yoko to Greg Nearman on, uh, on Speaking in Tech. So I am one of the five principal hosts now. Um, we kind of got a little bit of a rotation with the acknowledgement that we all live busy lives. So between the five of us, there's usually two to three on at any, any given week. And in development, I don't want to announce yet because we have a few pieces to put in place, but I have my third YouTube show in development as we speak. So there will be another video show. And you took a new job. You're no longer at Solid Fire, correct? That is correct. So I am now at VMware. So we really have come full circle because now <laughs> I'm walking in the footsteps of John Troyer. Hey now. All right, Mr. Troyer, Matt. what's uh what's what's next for you or, or where where does this there's the road take you? Sure, sure. Well I mean we um we have a company, we have a small consulting company, Tech Reckoning. I work with a lot of different companies uh, around these kind of issues. And uh, we also have uh, an offshoot of that, the Influence Marketing Council, which is a little bit uh, easier way to, to, for, for companies to come together in a non-consulting way to to raise the level of influence marketing, influencer, advocacy, community, relationship-based marketing. Um, I also occasionally do a newsletter and appear on a podcast, and there's, I got some more of those in the in the can, but we'll, let's... Uh, We'll wait. We'll wait to announce those. But I keep my hat in as as kind of blogger slash analyst. In fact, I'm working on a big essay on what the heck is a blogger in 2017, and I can't answer it. So I got to I got to pit publish since I can't come up with an actual answer. Are, are you Are you going to be at any events? Will you be at like a VMworld or an AWS reInvent or any public things these days? 
I'll be at VMworld, and uh, we don't know after that. Maybe uh, if, uh, you know, I very may well show up at, at reInvent. Matt, what about you? How are things in Portland, and uh, what's keeping you busy? Portland's fantastic. So if anyone's coming around here, I'd love to meet up for coffee or food, especially now that I work from home as VP of Community for Sensu, a small startup focused on uh, monitoring using an open core model. So I'm really excited to be recruiting people into our community from the many communities I've gotten to participate in up to now. And I'm sure I'll be creating content and or jumping on content that Amy and John create in the next uh, few years. But also, yeah, uh, sticking to that core, right? Like we'll all be at VMworld recording our last show. And uh, we're, we're not going far. I think we're all evolving together. So uh, you'll see us out there. So very cool. Well, listen, um, I guess one last question. Nothing ever, nothing ever dies or, or goes away on the Internet, at least usually. Will the, the Geek Whisperer shows remain? Will they remain somewhere? Will people be able to get them? Because, uh, you know, you guys did a really nice job of they're not always you know, tied to a specific time, right? They're, they're kind of timeless because their, their advice, where will they be? Where will people be able to go back and oh, yeah. listen to all the episodes? Well, they'll, they'll continue to be at geek-whispers.com as long as Matt keeps on paying his hosting bills. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt's going to start a GoFundMe for $10 a yes. month. Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't mind the help, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep those that live for the forever as long as people need them. Um, and I, I think we have every intention of, you know, uh, refreshing, like bringing content back up as uh, people see it. Uh, we we definitely have our our favorite shows that we'd love to revisit, and uh, we would love other people to do so. If you have a show that you've listened to that really stuck out to you, write a blog post about it and link to it. Help us find the the best of um, because while we're not recording any new ones, the like we've all said, the content is still evergreen. It's it's still great advice from really thoughtful people about their careers. Yeah. Well, and, and hopefully at some point here in the next couple of years, Netflix will decide to to bring podcasting on and bring back old shows like Full House. And you guys will get a, a huge like $30 million deal to, to bring back the Geek Whispers on Netflix or something. <laughs> well, Brian, I feel like we have to, in true Geek Whispers fashion, ask you a question. All right. Um, aside from naming a podcast, uh, Two Guys in a String, yeah. what, is, uh, what, is, what is one thing in ending a show and sort of twilighting and parking it? Um, what's some advice for us? What would you never do again? Uh, in terms of the podcast, you mean like what would you never do on the podcast or just in life in general? Yeah. When you're, when you're bringing something to a close, uh, how can we do it gracefully? What's something we should avoid? Um, I, I always like to sort of have a, a clean break, tie it up, put a, put a bow on it. Um, you know, have a party, have a drink. I don't like to put it in the context of funerals. I, I've been, I've had some people in my life uh, who who have passed on, and and the best ends are always when people say, "Hey, look, let's let's celebrate what we did. Let's let's not be sad about it. Let's celebrate what we did." You guys have a lot to celebrate. I think you're gonna you're gonna find a lot of people wish that you were you know turning up in their earbuds every you know week or so or whatever day that you were always on. But uh, you know don't don't look back from it. It was it was a great accomplishment. Um, obviously, it's it's the friendship continues, which is which is better than than a lot of things and. Uh, you know, take, take that away from it. And, uh, everything else is just, you know, an experience, right? It's, uh, it was all good. So I, I wish you all, you know, not, not that you're going away, but, but in terms of the geek whispers, I wish you all the, the best of luck afterwards, you know, post, post whispers, you know, when you go out on your solo tour and, uh, end up, end up on the behind the podcast show at some point on, on uh, VH1. But yeah, I, I, I won't be at, at VMworld. Aaron will be at VMworld. So maybe, uh, he can make a, you know, he can, he can photo bomb it somehow or, or make a two minute appearance 
France or something. But uh, if if any of you want to come on Cloudcast, you you always have an open door uh, if you want to come co-host. Uh, but thank you all so much for your time and kind of opening up your soul to us and uh, and for giving us you know five or six years of uh, of really interesting conversation. So uh, anything, any last last minute uh, things you'd like to say to the audience or kind of get off your chest? Hey, well, thanks for having us. Right, we we're very proud of what we did. It was a, it was a really nice conversation. We connected with a great community, and I, again, I think you never start a project you can't end. Right, that should, <laughs> should always have an ending. And so we're off to new things. It's going to be fun. Well, folks, with that, I'm going to wrap it up for. Amy and John and Matthew and, and for Aaron who's uh, who will be back hopefully very soon. Thank you all for listening and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos and everything social media. 